0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Browers Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are all having an absolutely fantastic, blessed day today as always, and be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow. It looks like the Magnesium Brain Food is going to be winning pretty strong, so be sure to vote on that and make sure it wins. I'll put that on a big sale tomorrow for you guys. It's one of the most popular products that we have, and also take advantage of the ultimate multiple, or excuse me, a Testo Plus. <laughs> the ultimate Testo Plus on sale right now for Product of the Week, 10% off. That'll be today's the last day only to grab that sale, so be sure to check it out along with multiple other kits we have including the immune system support kit we got a brand new batch of the vitamin C with antioxidants in yesterday it's one of our top vitamin C formulas that we've carried that has quercetin in it along with other antioxidants, really, really good formula, stacks well with the zinc and the D3 in that kit to really keep your immune system strong and bolstered up with whatever in the world's going on right now with a lot of people getting sick. I have heard about a lot of people getting nasty colds right now. I know a lot of people have been saying they've been testing positive for COVID and you know, I don't even know how much of that's true. I know the PCR tests are back with a vengeance now, they're telling everybody to PCR test everywhere they go which is the stupidest thing you're either sick or not you know when you're not feeling good you know when your throat's sore you know when you can't taste or smell it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out about your own body but again this is constantly the concept that they want to push to everybody to tell them be scared be fearful go get tested every time you even have a sniffle when in reality hammer the supplements get fresh air and continue to keep your body strong one of the first things I wanted to address today and I'm really really proud to see this great video yesterday. Over 100 legal gun owners took to protest at the New Mexico governor's public health order. They said over 100 protesters openly carried firearms in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in a rally against the out-of-control, drunken tyrant, Governor Michelle Grissom's gun suspension that was enacted as an emergency public health order. One of the individuals said, my jaw dropped for a Second Amendment to be suspended. This is unconstitutional. We've got to put it that way. A lot of people here feel the exact same way. They showed up at the city's Old Town area holding American flags, speaking out against the order, saying we will not comply. Law enforcement showed up and did not arrest a single person. They stated they will not be arresting anyone for exercising their Second Amendment right. Regardless of what emergency health order is put out into place right now, they will not be arresting anyone on it. So I gotta say, kudos to the Sheriff's Department for standing your ground, taking care of the American citizens and their constitutional rights and recognizing them. And again, for these Albuquerque, New Mexico residents that have gone out of their way to walk around. I mean, they're, they're out there rallying for hours. A lot of them got M4 slung on them. I saw another guy with you know a 930 Mossberg shotgun. I mean, everybody's loaded up. You know, it's funny. Hundreds of people all loaded up with very, very you know aggressive weaponry if they wanted to use you know overwhelming superior firepower. You guys walk around 30, 40 round mags their M4. You know how many shootings happened at the town hall? Oh, that's right. A big fat goose egg. Zero. Not a single shooting. Well, why is that? Well, maybe because law-abiding citizens don't generally go around doing drive-by shootings. That was the concept that so many people are questioning now is you're talking about gang members, young gang members, initiation gang members, cartel members that are being involved in drive-by shootings. So naturally, you want to go and restrict the law-abiding citizens from being able to defend themselves? Newsflash. The cartel and the gang members that are riding around in stolen cars with machine pistols don't care about an emergency health order that you can't carry a firearm. They're already committing a dozen crimes at the time of doing so. That concept is eluding her, or is it? Or is this more of an agenda that she's playing a role in to beta test and see what they can get away with? I told you guys yesterday, if you guys watched the video of her, we posted on the website as far as we're going out of her way and saying, there's no constitutional right. that's absolute. If I put an emergency order in place, that means it supersedes any laws. And so this is an emergency public health order. And this is exactly what happened during COVID and COVID set the precedent to it. Do You started having governors. And representatives that we going in and saying, no, 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 this, this is, a, this is a, this is a, you know, health order. This is a emergency order. Everything is now essentially suspended. And again, I told you guys that that concept was never designed to be applied the way it is right now. It's designed to be more of a wartime emergency order with the colonies, as far as when they became united in the United States of America, the Bill of Rights, the rights, the constitutional rights, the Bill of Rights was specifically put into place in 1781 to make sure they had a strong foundation that there is no emergency order that will supersede the Bill of Rights. That's the concept that people are failing to realize. The emergency orders were designed to be back then if there was an invasion, if there was an attack, if there was an outside force. You said, we got an emergency order. We've got to get the militia together. Everybody's got to band together and support our town, our city, our county, our state. Everybody has to fight right now, this able body. We have to protect our state and protect our rights. That's what that was there for back then with the militia. It wasn't to go in and say, we're going to use emergency orders to supersede constitutional rights because we can just do anything we want and violate anything we want with an emergency order. This is a grossly illegal order that she tried to put into place. It should not be followed. And I'm glad to see all these protesters standing up for what they really believe because as I told you guys before, the reason why the First Amendment is there is the freedom of speech so people can speak freely about egregious things that are happening. The second one – that's the teeth to all of it. Without the second one, the first one's useless because essentially at some point, tyrants realize the First Amendment is only as good as it can be defended. And if you can't defend the First Amendment, you don't have the ability to and you don't have the firepower to do so, the First Amendment doesn't exist. That's why they were put in a place like that. So again, glad to see these guys standing up for this. Really hope they continue to push their, their, their strength, their support, their constitutional rights because as I've said repeatedly. Just because it's a constitutional right, just because it's in the Bill of Rights, doesn't mean that tyrants aren't going to come after it and try to take it. That's something that so many people fail to realize. They go, well, it's my right. OK, but defend it. Don't stand back and say, well, it, it, you know, it's, it's my right, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to let them step on it a little bit. You know, the Buddha tyranny, it's OK if they just they kind of tiptoe on my right. As, as long as they don't completely kick my right, I'm OK with it. No. There is zero tolerance for that. The standpoint of what you stand for and your convictions have to be resolved in stone. You have to say, no, this is where I'm standing on this. Because once you give tyrants an inch, they will by all means take any miles they can get afterwards. And it will be at your consent if it happens. What do you think, Dad? What do you think about
1: these guys standing up for this? I'm incredibly proud of them. I mean, because quite frankly, after what happened with January the 6th, I figured that kind of stuff wouldn't happen anymore. I mean, because January the sixth was the giant, you know, beta test to try to show everybody if they stood up for their rights, that they were going to be arrested and hauled off to jail. And there's no guarantee those the 100 people aren't going to be arrested and hauled off to jail. I mean, there's no guarantee of any of that. I mean, she could sign some executive order now or have the, her 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 you know Justice Department go after them too and start arresting them. But you know, I, I just, she's a drunken nightmare. As well, she is. Another another democratic socialist, you know, you know, pervert in the doggone governor mansion. I mean, this shows you how important it is on who your state governor is. You know, I I, I can't tell you. We almost got that doggone uh, that drunken gay guy who basically got caught in the meth-fueled orgy with a bunch of other gay guys, forgot his name couple years ago when we got the census in the power and i'm so glad the Santos won that election because if we had not would have the would have this this drunk you know i also need to mute your mic please you would have this drunk in you know dealing with this stuff but you know the whole thing of gillum is it was gillum and they remember they found he passed out in a gay orgy you know on meth i mean his his career's over with but he was almost governor of the state of florida and they tried to hack it. It kept, kept coming up with more and more ballots and finding them in the Everglades and finding them in the swamps. And there's another box of ballots, another box of ballots, another box of ballots. And DeSantis still won the election. Thank God for that. But the governor of the state is critically important to ensure proper constitutional rights of the citizens of that state. And the sheriffs are the next in line. because if you have, That's why these sheriffs in New Mexico are saying we're not going to arrest anybody for exercising their Second Amendment rights. And, but then you've got to worry about the, the state prosecutor whoever that is, the attorney general over there and what they're willing to do. I mean, this turns into a giant mess because could the governor then fire the sheriff for not doing what they're supposed to do? Theoretically, yes, the governor could because they, they're the ones who have the exercise of the authority over the sheriff. So if this governor has a sense that God gave a jackrabbit on a cold winter night, get out of the cold, uh, she'd go in there now and rescind this dog on order and say that after she evaluated it and looked at the constitutional law, she realizes it's the gangs and not the citizens of that city that are doing this and that they need to be right, have the right to protect themselves. That's what she needs to do if she don't want to get her butt impeached. Now whether or not they're gonna be able to get her impeachment through, that's another whole story also. But 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 the reality is is we've got a situation that you know we we've got to have a constitutional sheriff and a constitutional governor you know, in in you know, in power in the United States and all fifty states. That's why if you're in a Democratic-controlled stronghold that's full of this mess, uh, you really don't want to be involved with those people in those states. You really don't. You need you need to try to get out of that mess if you can. But that's just how I see all of that stuff. Now, let me let me go ahead and change this because I want to read something funny this morning. I'll make you guys laugh a little bit. I always try to give you a light light light, light joke. I, I, I this is just and I and I've had some crazy crazy air flights that were absolutely awful. I mean, you know, that you're sitting by some people that are snoring, people that are drooling, people that are drunk, people that won't stop talking, people that, you know, won't talk, people that are, you know, scowling at you the whole time. I mean, people that are coughing and hacking and you have to get up and move because you don't want to get some disease they've got. I mean, I've seen it all on airplanes. I've been on a flight once. The person next to me was so big. I literally had to fold underneath her as far as she was like 400 pounds and she didn't have two seats. And I've, I've seen it all on airplanes, but I've never seen this. This is funny. Livid couple made to sit next to a farting dog who drooled on their legs on a 13-hour flight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to bring that up because I, I, I got a joke a little bit. Gill and Warren Press were on a 13-hour flight from Paris to Singapore when they realized an the emotional support dog was sat next to them and claimed it was snoring and farting the whole journey. A pair oh. of raging holiday makers who claimed they were forced to sit next to the snoring dog for the entirety of a 13-hour flight. Yellow War Press are now demanding a refund from Singapore Air after the stinky pooch made their long, long journey a nightmare. The married couple, who were traveling from Europe to New Zealand and were in the first leg from Paris to Singapore, had paid extra to fly premium economy, hoping it would make their flight more comfortable. But unfortunately for them, they were seated next to this emotional, emotional support dog. Gil said, I heard this no- noise, a heavy snorting. I thought it was my husband's phone, but then we looked down and realized it was the dog breathing, and I said – I'm not having this sitting next to us the entire trip. She did add it. They couldn't have the dog out of the aisle on the aisle because they couldn't get the trolleys through. So it had to come in further, which meant his head was under my husband's feet. and My husband was in shorts and the dog's saliva was getting on his leg. Uh, I read this this morning and I laughed and laughed and laughed about this. And and I'm going to say something. I understand that people have really emotional support dogs. I got that. And I'm, I'm not belaboring that. But I also know people that have fake emotional support dogs. I got that too. I know people that have fake documents for dogs. I mean, I, I know these people personally. They like to drag them on airplanes and drag them in the restaurants and drag them into hotels and all of the rest. Now, the hotels, they've kind of got a little thing with this now. Many of them charge you a cleanup fee of anywhere from 100 to 200 to $300 if you bring an emotional support dog into the hotel room because they don't want to deal with it anymore. The other day I was at Publix, and they had a big sign at the front door. If you emotional support dogs are not allowed in the store, if you have a dog, just like a seeing eye dog, that's one thing. But otherwise, we don't want the dog here. We don't want all this other stuff in here. It's not clean. So for all of you who have a real need for emotional support, I got that. Uh, Okay, I got that. I understand that if you've got a problem with anxiety or whatever, you're suicidally depressed or I got all that. And you need a dog with you all the time. You know, I, I cut you some slack on this one. But for all the people that want to use it as an excuse to have their dogs travel with them and pretend that these dogs are their children, uh, it's not cool with anybody else around you. It's just not cool. It's like having a cat next to you in a in a chair. And you're allergic to cats, and you don't know what to do with a cat. It's just it's not okay. It's just something that people try to force on other people, and not everybody wants this. You know, I see people that have their animals sleeping on the bed with them, and that's that's their choice. That's their choice. I see people that, you know, have their animals, you know, all the time with them, and they're carrying them like they're infants. I, that's their choice too. I see them with them in their baby strollers, and they're dressed like little babies walking around. You know, the dog looks unbelievably embarrassed. By the way, because of this, you know, with a little bonnet on, a little little outfit on, and a stroller like that's their baby, and they the dog doesn't want to be in this thing. He's trying to get out. A lot of the times they've got him tied down so he can't get out, or he's so he used to being you know belittled, I guess he decides to sit in the, <laughs> in the stroller with a little bonnet on his head. So. If anybody who does this, okay, thinks this is okay, normal behavior, whatever. You know, you think you need to do what you need to do. But don't subject other people to sitting by your animals and having them drool and (laughs) pass gas all night. Uh, nobody thinks that's okay. And I, I don't understand why these people thought it was okay. I guess maybe because they had the emotional support thing with the animal. I don't know. But, again, if you, if you have a real need for that, I got it, right? But not, not really not, – actually, I don't have it. I really don't understand any of that stuff. But, but if you do have that, I, under, I sort of try to understand. I'll say it that way. By the way, Little Nos – Little Nos is interesting. Uh, you know, uh, this is some weird stuff. Uh, you know, he did that video a couple years ago, total Illuminati stuff. It was a snake in a tree crawling around with bright rainbow colors totally gay totally queer totally snake in a tree total satan serpent the whole garden of eden whole all, all kabbalah tree of life the whole bit and uh, you know wrapped around the universe and you know and i try to tell people this stuff it's not something you need putting into your hearts and your minds but little nonsense ex documentary premiere was the blackest queerest night in toronto according to the washington post and quite frankly I don't know why people see this stuff. I don't know why people go to Taylor Swift concerts and borrow money. I don't know why people go to you know see Katy Perry. I don't know why everybody wants to go see the satanic stuff and how it's been pushed or Miley Cyrus on the population of these kids and how they completely twisted the entire world now with their view of reality and how perverted it has to be. Another story this morning says an ancient city destroyed by atomic blast was the biblical city of Sodom, expert claims, which… Whatever. He's supposed to be an expert. Excavations of Jordan are evidence that one of the Bible's most dramatic and improbable stories could be literally true, according to top theologian Dr. John Bergsma. The theologian claims the architectural finds in Jordan are proof the biblical city of Sodom really existed, which we already know that, by the way. Science has previously found evidence the ancient city of Tal, Hacham, was the southern valley of Jordan, was destroyed by a catastrophic event. And Professor John Bergman, theology of Ohio's Franciscan University, suggests the event mirrors what was in the Bible. And I, I'm okay with that. If it says it rains sulfur and brimstone from heaven, I guess in the old days, when they really didn't know what an atomic blast was, uh, they could confuse all of that stuff. But the reality is is that what, what they're not talking about is why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Let's talk about that one for a second. That place was so evil and so perverted. I guess they were having a little Nas concert every night. I Just thought I'd throw that in there. Or maybe Katy Perry. Maybe Madonna was showing up. Maybe they were having the perverted people of those days going back and forth, having concerts every night. Remember when when Abraham came in there, a Lot came in there, all the rest of them came in there. Whoever it was, I don't remember the story exactly. And the angel and the and the, and the people came out. And they went to have sex with the angels and wanted to rape them all. I mean, this is some crazy stuff. This is some crazy, crazy stuff that happened. How perverted that entire city had become. Like every man in the city showed up to rape, you know, these angels. I mean, this is where they're trying to take us, guys. This is the Sodom and Gomorrah of today is what they're doing to us. And the sad part about it is we're sitting here trying to figure out how to correct this mess, and we have to go back to biblical standards in order to correct it. And if we don't have the biblical standards, it's not going to help. That's what people don't understand who are Christians, who basically think, well, what's happened to the world? Why is the world going to H-E double sticks in a handbasket? Why is everything bad right now? The reality is because we left the values that made this place stable, you know, the Christianity. We left the values of Jesus. We left all these things behind. We left the values of the, of the, of the, uh, of the Torah. You know, the, the Pentateuch, the five first books of Levitical law, we left it all behind us, and we've reinterpreted the Bible now in the New Testament too with these name and claim and beloved rabbinic preachers and a lot of the uh, Jewish scholars who rewrote the Talmud starting in the first century in 72 AD, going all the way up into the sixth century, and they rewrote the Old Testament, they rewrote the, the, the Torah, and they twisted it, they messed it up. And see, this is what we need to understand. And so we go back to biblical values, that we can't fix the country. We don't have a political problem in this country. We've got a spiritual problem. We don't have you know, a gun problem in this country. We've got a spiritual problem. We don't have a sin problem in this country. We have a spiritual problem. It all goes back to the fact that we're not serving the Most High God any longer. And until we learn to do that again, it's not going to get any better. That's why you've got to keep your hearts and minds in Christ all the days of your life and realize the Sodom Gomorrah was real. It was because of the gayness of that city that it got zapped. Whether it was by fire or brimstone or a nuclear blast, it did not make any difference to me. It got zapped because God had enough of it. That's what he thinks about that. And off the Bud, what's your next story? What do you think about that? Yeah,
0: just some wild topics. And go, going back to the emotional support animals, there are a lot of people out there that really need those. One of my buddies, Jeff, who's a retired airborne ranger, he's got a Belgian mountain. Um, malinois and uh, great dog super well trained but i mean dude he can walk around with her and she stays on his leg as far as right beside him everywhere he goes anywhere he goes and he's got her badged up and everything else i feel like what we see now a lot of times now you have these people that simply want to just kind of express themselves with their animals and so they simply get papers to walk around with these animals so they can do whatever they want and the truth about it is You can tell real emotional support animals that are trained very highly and they handle things properly and they're there for their owner versus ones that people just want to walk around with and act like they're cool. So, yeah, if you need one, you really need one. If you don't, you don't. But don't be that person just gets a dog and gets papers on so you can walk around and try to think you're, I don't know, cooler than you are by having a dog walk around with you in stores. It's just for a retailer, for somebody that's dealing with it, especially at a high-end store, it can be very disgusting if the dog's just a slob and they're drooling everywhere and they're running around everywhere. Not okay. Just something to be aware of. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. The company, off-lease only, down here in Florida, it's a Florida-based dealership car chain. It just filed for bankruptcy yesterday and has now filed off, fired all of its employees. This is very interesting. So this is a car retailer. There is a dealership chain in Orlando and Lakeland, numerous ones. And if you've ever seen online, they have lots of cars online. And what they do is they're very prominent in buying vehicles that come off lease. And so a lot of times the vehicles will be right ride- be out of warranty or they have, you know, issues, they're lease cars. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to buy a lease car, but you can usually buy them at a heavily discounted price because they are off lease and people know how people treat lease cars in some cases, right? So they've been very profitable over the last couple of years, especially during COVID. And so they were getting vehicles, and this is where they started making a boatload of money, is these lease vehicles were coming off lease, and they were buying them off people. And the problem with it was they started paying massively inflated dollars in order to keep up with inventory, because these vehicles were continually going up in price almost exponentially over a year, year and a half due to supply and demand, and also – with moronic consumers and greedy dealers, which were one of the primary reasons you had these dealership pimps, I called them. They were taking in these cars and they were putting these absorbent prices on these cars, these used cars. They're marking them up 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. These are used cars over sticker, what they would normally go for. What they did was they started. We warned everybody. Yeah, we warned everybody. I, mean, and I talked about it in detail. I told you in 2021. I told you in 2022. I said, do not get into these vehicles, guys. And what they did was they were pimping out these cars and they were running the price of them up massively over what they were going to value for. And so they did this and they actually artificially increased the market. Now, there were certain cars and certain vehicles that were going up in price dramatically because of very, very low production. Some of them in the exotic world, some of them with supply shortages, some of them that people needed with like diesel trucks. But I told you guys before, you had cars, you know, Honda Civics, and they were, you know, stickering for 22, 23 grand, and dealerships were trying to charge, you know, $35, $40,000 for them. Just, just ludicrous prices. Well, off lease only was a side effect of that problem. And they were paying these absorbent prices and then charging absorbent prices. And now what happened is. Over the last six months, the car market has massively recorrected, especially in the mass-produced auto world, in the world that basically you just – there's cars everywhere like Civics, Toyota, stuff like that that are great, reliable vehicles, but they're not limited production. And so what happened is now it's awfully solely I was reading about it. They're upside down. I'm mean, Like, all their inventory is upside down. They got cars that, you know, they, they're they in them for $24,000, $25,000 buy price. You know, retail market on $18,000, 19000 And so these guys filed for Chapter 7. I mean, they shut down all five locations in Florida and uh, over 500 vehicles that were available now basically are all going to auction, I guess, try to cover the cost of their spread that they've got now. And they terminated all their employees, locked the doors, shut it down, and closed it out. And this I, I, this is going to start happening more and more. Some of these dealerships like this, you're going to start seeing it because these guys got so greedy and they thought they were going to make so much money. They did in 2021, 2022, beginning of it. They're making so much money they thought that the music was never going to stop and that everything was going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. Now all these cars are just going to keep going up exponentially. And I'm I told a guy at the dealership one time. I said, "Where do you think this is going to go, bud?" I said, "What do you think a Honda Civic is going to be going for $100,000 next year and it stickers for 25?" I said, "Where do you guys think you're going to keep running this?" Oh no, no, no! These cars are so hard to get. I said, "Dude, it's a Honda Civic, man." I said, "Don't please." I mean, I, I'm I'm much smarter than that. Please don't insult me. These are great cars. They're not worth hundred thousand dollars. And so it was just something that was funny to see these dealers that were making so much money, and now they're starting to have to pay the piper, and now filed Chapter Seven bankruptcy. So interesting enough. Also, to another news, this is interesting. I was watching, reading the article about this flash mob robbery epidemic that's occurring now all across the country. And this is on the organic prepper. And he was saying now that this is no longer just people going in, especially out in L.A. And, you know, just kids getting on social media and going out and mobbing a store and stealing some purses and stealing some shoes. He said this is now turning into an organized crime Syndicate," He said what they're doing now is they're getting people that are – a lot of them are homeless, a lot of people don't have houses, and they're getting them together in these crews. They're getting 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 people. They're all making sure they're all synced up on telephones. They're telling them where to go and when to go there, and what they're doing is instead of these guys having to go and try to figure out where to sell – you know, a $2,000 Louis Vuitton purse or a Gucci purse or Chanel purse or Gucci shoes and all this crazy stuff they're stealing that's really expensive retail, but I mean, what's a homeless person going to do with a set of $1,000 shoes? They don't know where to sell those. So what they're doing is they're telling them, hey, listen, you go here to this location with this crew, you steal every single thing you can in your bag, you bring me this bag back, I'll hand you $1,000 in cash right now on the spot. And they're actually building organized crime based on this thievery model, which is crazy. So I was reading this article, and you guys can read it and get more into detail, too, I'm not going to go into detail on it a lot. And he said, what's happened is now California it's becoming the trend because it's essentially safe to do it in California now because people in retail outlets stand back for their own safety because they're told by a lot of the employees and people that work there do not engage these guys. And the off chances that somebody might get caught, they're generally released in a matter of hours because of bail reform. And so the, the $999, anything under $1,000 uh, you know, theft is no longer even a number anymore now. It's, it doesn't matter. They don't even have, they're not even abiding by that anymore because now what's happened is it happens so fast and so quickly in these cities that law enforcement can't even respond. And most of the law enforcement, when they respond, they simply go, what do you want us to do? You had 50 people running with ski masks. They cleaned you out in two minutes. You know, what, what are we supposed to go do? We have no idea who these guys are and they're doing this all over the city. This is why, You've got to make sure you know who your sheriff is, my friends. This is something that's very, very important. This is why, like we just talked about earlier, what's going on in, you know, in, um, over there in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's so important that people realize and understand who their actual sheriff is because they are really one of the last lines of defense when it comes to security. That's why I've, I've been always very supportive of the Polk County Sheriff's Department here in Central Florida. There's no question about it. Some of those guys are pretty rough. Some of them are pretty aggressive. But on the other hand, too, criminals know down here I've, I've i've talked to people in other states across the country and i've talked to them before like oh you're from polk county oh that, that's Polk County sheriff's department that's grady's boys down there you don't you don't do stupid stuff in polk county they just take you to jail immediately they'll just throw you an annex you'll get bonded out you just go across town to frost proof you know, there's no getting out with zero bond there's no walking around there's no getting away with stuff and that's what they tried to do with the blm antifa riots in 2020 when they showed up in you know downtown Lakeland were protesting which they legally could do and then they turned around and said we're going to move to the memorial and we're going to start riding we're going to shut down an entire intersection and they did they got away with it for a few minutes and Lakeland PD didn't really have any ability to control the situation so of course Sheriff's Department showed up and you know they started dropping tear gas on them and of course they started running away and dissipating very very quickly and the truth about it is you have to have some aspect of rule of law. Are all good sheriffs great guys? No not necessarily. There's some of their bad cops out there. However our county does a very good job at weeding out a lot of those guys because when you have a civilized society that's based on morals and ethics you have to have some aspect of the rule of law whether it be making sure constitutional rights are not violated and the governor understands that or that people can't walk around and start jumping on people's windshields and stomping their roofs in and dragging them out of cars in the middle of intersections because they simply want to riot because they have nothing else to do with their day that's also not acceptable behavior and so again i saw that one of the sheriffs that came out over in albuquerque and he said we're not going to enforce this order at all we're not going to enforce it we're not, not we're not going to do any of this this is a violation of the constitution The governor does not have the right to do this, and that essentially we're not going to go along with this whatsoever. And so I was very proud to see that as well now that you have the sheriff there in that county that's stating that they're not going to go along with this nonsense, that we're not going to sit here and and condemn and arrest law-abiding citizens for exercising their rights while at the same time you have criminals that are running around. He said that in the conference. He goes – Criminals don't follow laws, hence why they're called criminals. That concept seems to elude everybody that's supporting this, and he's 100% right. Criminals don't follow laws. That's why you have to have a rule of law in order to maintain some level of civility in cities. This is what happened so bad out in the Wild West, they used to call it back in the day. Law enforcement was virtually unknown in most cases. You had Maybe one sheriff of a town. When you have guys going to those saloons and they're getting drunk and they're getting gunfights, you see that movie and you see it in Tombstone, you know, depicts it very clearly. You start shooting sheriffs. Rule of law just dissipates. Everybody's so hopped up on opium or drugs or alcohol out there and they're all running around, acting a fool, running around with pistols, shooting at everybody. Okay, that's just that's that's what happens when bad guys start doing bad things and the rule of law no longer exists and it has to be maintained. So, again, I encourage you. That's why I continue to tell everybody. Make sure you're staying up-to-date and staying, you know, well-armed, and you're also staying knowing how to take care of yourself and protect your family because at the point in time, the sheriffs can only do so much. They're not everywhere they go with you. That's why it's so important on a regular basis to make sure you're practicing firearm training, you know, active firearm training, not just standing shooting cardboard, you know, from five feet away at a gun range, you know, sedentary. With no movement, you've got to make sure you understand how to adapt in a situation where they're doing reloads, whether they're doing malfunctions, whether they're using cover or concealment and figuring out what you need to do in certain scenarios. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well, is, you know, I saw – Another article now talking about luxury furniture companies are now reporting huge losses. Some of them now discussing bankruptcy. As experts say, stalling housing market means nobody's buying new sofas. They said it comes to elevated mortgage rates have slowed the U.S. housing market. Now, let me give you guys a little heads up. This is not financial advice. I'm not giving you financial advice, but I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of realtors out there right now that I've talked to and I've listened to and I've looked at online that are telling everybody right now, oh, everybody needs to get in a house right now. The market's dipped. You can re- Finance in a couple years, don't worry about seven, eight, nine percent more percent mortgage rates. It's not a big deal. Just get in a house right now. I'm telling you right now, a lot of the houses are still massively overpriced. The only way for the housing market to go anywhere right now is it's got to recorrect some. It did the exact same thing that the car market did, and it started going up exponentially high for no reason at all other than shortages of supplies. Now was it supplies getting pricey? Yes. Was price gouging also happening rapidly? Yes. There were numerous stores and supply chains that were going and just absolutely raising prices on stuff and never bringing them down, even though material had already massively dropped. When you start looking at houses that are basic cookie cutter houses that are you know fifteen hundred square feet, and developers the developers are wanting four hundred fifty thousand dollars. which – a square foot for a very, very, very basic house, you know, on a tiny postage stamp lot with a six foot setback. You got a real disconnect in the Central Florida area with this. And so, again, that's why I've warned everybody be very cautious on moving around with these massive mortgage rates right now. Be very cautious on dumping a house and making profit and then figuring out where you're going to go. There's not in a hurry and there's not anything that's a massive predicament you got to get out of. There's no reason not to stand by real quick and hold by and look at everything and evaluate the market because there's a lot of really weird stuff that's going on with the housing market right now. And these interest rates are starting to bite everything in the industry all the way around it. A lot of these realtors, a lot of these developers are getting very, very desperate to move inventory right now because everything's starting to slow down, even in massive growth Florida. Now, it's not hitting Florida as hard because there's still a lot of people that are moving down here. I don't know why. It's like it's the Florida became the new trendy place to move down to apparently I talked to someone about it the other day and they said it was the current thing when I joke around that about all the time during COVID Florida became the current thing to come move down to because even once COVID restrictions were done in a lot of places by 2021. We've still seen exponential growth with people wanting to move down here, and yet when they get down here, then they want to complain about everything we do down here and tell us how we need to change this and change that. We need to be more supportive of cross-dressing perverts hanging out with our children, all kinds of other weird stuff. And I'm like, dude, if you want to go do that, California's got your back. If you want to go do that, go up to New York. Totally cool, man. Go hang out with those people. Go support that. But don't come down to Florida and tell me what I'm going to do because I will tell you very quickly I'm not going to do that. And you can go kick rocks for it. So, again, this is what we're watching right now. But be very cautious with these interest rates right now. There's no reason to jump into anything at all, unless you have a very, very lined up plan that you know is going to be fail-proof with no reason not to just sit by and monitor things as they continue to happen. What do you think, Dan?
1: You know, Austin, you're right. You know, Florida has become the trendy place. And and a lot of that is not just so much because it's trendy. It's because the baby boomers, the ones who were born from like 1945 to 1965 or whatever they were, 20 years, uh, they're all retiring now. And they've come to Florida so many times on vacation, and they love the weather down here. And they don't want to stay up in the frozen northeast and all the liberal mess up there. And they just want to come down here and relax in their retirement years and go play golf. Or apparently, new, the new thing is pickleball now. And, and all and everybody wants to come down here and just relax and have fun and just be spontaneous and just have a big party, right? So, so that's what we have with these massive, massive like you know the people up uh, up in Ocala. You know, we have the, the villages and we have like place after place after place of just all retirees. You know, if you're over 50, you can't even move into the place. And it's just a giant group of retirees that are pretty much pegging the mark as far as, you know, sexually transmitted diseases. I thought I'd mention that, too, because this is turning into just a, just a giant commune, I guess you could say, of a perversion in some of those areas. But the reality is, is that we've got a situation here in Florida where the infrastructure is simply not in place to handle this. It's just not, you know, you know, I four is like the I four death corridor. And, you know, and I mean, I almost got an accident the other day on I four. So he's driving way under the speed limit in the five fast lane and everybody's running up on him. And it's just a mess. So you got to be real careful down here and really pay attention to what you're doing. Otherwise you're slamming on your brakes and the people behind you running through the back end is always accidents on I four. And uh, it's just a big mess. And the reality is, is that it's not going to get any better. As the baby boomers continue to retire and come down here. Now, what the government is doing, I guess, to benefit us is they've put everybody on a clot shock, kill shop schedule in which they're going to try to get rid of the population pretty quick over the age of 65, who basically are drawing Social Security and benefits. And that's kind of it's kind of a macabre way of looking at it, isn't it? But it's true. That's what they're doing. That's why one of the first groups of people were the ones that were over the age of 65, over the age of 70, that had comorbidities, that were all dying, especially in the nursing homes, were the ones that are above 70 and 80 and 90 that have all kinds of health issues. And they did a massive population reduction on those people who were no longer productive slaves. I said that too, didn't I? But it's just – that that's what they want. They want you to produce and eat and spend and make them money because the love of money, the greed, the avarice of these international bankers that run everything, these Kabbalists, Luciferians, Synagogue of Satan weirdos is unprecedented and unquenchable. They, they, you can't give them enough. They, they, can't, they can't be satisfied with it. They want more, 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 more. And the crazy part about it is is they're never going to spend it all anyhow, what they have. But they don't care. They want to get as much as they can. They want to sit on the can. And they want to give the can to the next generation of other Kabbalist, Luciferian synagogue of Satan weirdos that come up so they can do the same thing over and over and over again and work their 70 hour 80 100 hour work weeks for their whole life and get more money that they basically don't want to spend and then they won't tip people in restaurants and they won't buy a decent car. They want to just basically be cheap, 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 cheap and never enjoy what God's done for them. And it's just, it's crazy when you stop and you and you look at it. It really it really is. Let's go ahead and go. Oh, I want to clarify something. Yesterday, Austin said that he figured that that's you know that that that, uh, that that basically BlackRock owned Tico, and you know then he, well, he looked it up and it was Vanguard that owned Tico. What we didn't clarify in the show was Vanguard is owned by BlackRock and State Street, and they all three own each other through circular ownership. So when Austin said <laughs> yeah. no no this is a, no no, so when Austin said it was it was basically BlackRock that owned. Tico, he was 100% right because BlackRock Black owns Vanguard, and BlackRock owns State Street, and State Street owns Vanguard. I mean, this, this is some twisted mess is what it is. And these three major investment houses that are all Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan controlled, they own 90% of the market now. That's the only reason the stock market hasn't collapsed, and that's the only reason the housing market hasn't gone to a full-blown freefall like it did in 2008, because these clowns can now 2030, I need it on nothing. You'll be happy. We're going to change your DNA. Yeah, okay. That guy, who's their front spokesperson, is running the whole show with this. Is They're the ones buying up entire subdivisions, which is keeping the demand pushed up for housing here in Central Florida for all the baby boomers that are coming down and retiring. That's what's doing this here. Otherwise, we would have had a massive housing fall off here also. But they can't put developments in quick enough. Right across the street, there's another one of these subdivisions. And I've never seen houses. I mean, there are probably 500 houses in there. I've never seen houses go in this fast. They will start 20 or 30 of them at one time, and they're all completed at the same time. And before they get finished and they're putting the sod in, people are moving into these houses. I see it across the street. They're already already moving in. And so – I don't know who pulls that kind of weight. Well, yeah, I do. It's these weirdos. But, but, but they, they basically, the cabal the sect. They pull that kind of weight because they run it all. They are running and controlling every aspect of our lives as far as investment strategy. That's why the stock market through the roof. That's why housing hasn't collapsed here. Because in many parts of the country where there's not a huge immigration of people moving into those areas, the housing has completely collapsed, especially the major cities that are Democratic, you know, H-E-double stick holes. They basically – don't want to live there anymore, and so now you have all this commercial real estate that's gone into default, and it's happening everywhere. It's like the cars that Austin talked about earlier. Austin and I warned everybody years ago when people were paying twenty thousand dollars over sticker for a Honda Civic. I mean, they, these cars were selling for like fifteen, twenty thousand over sticker, and they were getting it. And we warned everybody. We said when these cars go to be traded in, the people are going to be massively upside down on the value of that vehicle. I remember you could trade a Honda Civic for three or $4,000 a year every year and get a brand new one and put, uh, put 40,000 miles on it and get a new one, a new one, a new one, a new one, a new one. It was cheaper to buy a new one than it was a used one because the value stayed up so high. The problem with it now is that these major car companies that are the major retailers of used vehicles, their inventory has been devalued. They may have paid forty or fifty or sixty or $70,000 for a vehicle two years ago or a year ago or six months ago, and now that $50,000 vehicle is worth $20,000. And now nobody wants it for $50,000, so the only thing they can do is file Chapter 7 and punch out and basically go against their floor plan, which is what the, – the, the a lot of these companies, they use what's called the floor plan. They go They have a huge banking community, and the banking community finances all of these vehicles for them. The problem is the banking community comes in on an ongoing basis, and they monitor and audit the inventory based on current values. And when the inventory value is lower than the current amount of money owed, they try to force that that manuf- that force that dealership to pay a huge amount of money to reduce the cost of the inventory as far as what is owed on it. And when that happens, the dealership can't do it, and we have these seven, chapter seven bankruptcies because they can't see a way out because the floor plan cannot be paid back, and the dealership is insolvent because they got huge bonuses to their executives, huge – there were sales guys, you know, they make like a third of the profit. When these guys are selling a car for $30,000 over over cost, these guys are making $10,000 commissions. And so, you know, these guys were rolling in gravy. I mean, they, they didn't know what to do with all the money they had coming in. And see, that was the problem because then all of a sudden it contracts and now these guys have this lifestyle that they've established. Instead of taking that money and paying off their mortgage or paying off their existing vehicle, they just go out and spend it or go out and get more stuff and leverage more stuff. And that's the American way, isn't it? If you can't buy it, finance it. You know, that's how people look at it, and it's sad. It really is. By the way, we didn't talk much about 9-11 yesterday. I kind of did that you know, for a reason. I was doing that out of out of respect for the victims of 9-11. But, you know, there's an article here that I thought was very well done. It was the estate of the nation. And it said 9-11 was a treasonous U.S. government-directed false flag terror operation, carried out to tyrannical, to tyrannize the American people. Now – I don't know what to say about this, but he's 100 percent right. He goes, you know, he says nothing changes until the well-concealed perpetrators are aggressively prosecuted and severely punished for the transparent U.S. government-sponsored false flag terrorist attacks. Now, this was CIA. This was Mossad. This was MI6. Just thought I'd say this. And you know, and they, and they have a whole bunch of exposés here for those who are not in, basically involved with all this or not aware of all of this stuff that you guys can read through to see what happened with all of this stuff. Another one that came in, too, that was interesting about 9-11, it says, audit the Pentagon. There are trillions still missing since 9-11. On September the 10th, for you guys who don't know this, Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld said, our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. From the Pentagon, we cannot share information from floor to floor in this building because it is stored in dozens of technological systems that are inaccessible or incompatible. The Sanders Gracely audit Pentagon states. A day after Rumsfeld's announcement that we were short 2.3 trillion dollars, the building was targeted in 9/11 attack where alleged accounting effort was taking place, and the 2.3 trillion dollars remains unaccounted for this day. When the missile, I'll go on, I'll go on, I'll go on record as saying that when the missile hit the Pentagon, it hit the area where the audit was taking place and destroyed all of those records, supposedly, like there weren't backup records. You know, when 9-11 happened and the Solomon Building came down, it held the FBI recorded records of Enron and all the scandals that took place with Enron. In addition to that, you know, you had huge amounts of gold that were stored in the trade towers underneath the trade towers, and that was moved and shipped out before 9-11, all of this stuff was orchestrated, and when you start reading and looking and watching the movies on this stuff like Loose Change or 9-11 Mysteries – those are two really good ones if you haven't seen them – you really start to understand the depth of depravity that it took to attack our country and destroy us and then to bring in the Patriot Act to bring in tyranny. 9-11 was the trigger for the New World Order Kabbalist luciferian Synagogue of Satan sect to come in after our country and take away the rights of the people of the United States. That was the trigger. And when we understand that, we start to realize that this trigger isn't going to get better. It's going to get worse until we figure out exactly what we want to do against the perpetrators. But again, it's like the Kennedy assassination. You know, that was 60 years ago now. Pretty much everybody involved in that Kennedy assassination is dead. They're dead and gone, buried. Yet we still can't get the records. Remember, Trump was going to release the records. They stopped him from releasing the records. I guess they wanted George H. to die first. I don't know. Because a lot of these guys were directly involved in all of this stuff. And what we need to do is there's another movie you can watch that's very, very good. It's called 9-11, I'm sorry, it's called uh, From from JFK to 9-11, It's a Rich Man's Trick. You can look it up online. It's like a a three-and-a-half-hour documentary, and it's excellent. From JFK to 9-11, It's a Rich Man's Trick. And so, you know, read that book. Read Pawns in the Game by William Guy Carr. You know, read the, the Brotherhood of Evil by 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 Monte. Monte. All these different books are out there for you. You can read them. Read 9 11 as a mass human sacrifice ritual. The most dangerous book in the world. That's another really good one you can read. All of these things. You know, read David Icke's book, The Trigger. Phenomenal book, thousand pages long. He's not a Christian. He gets a lot of stuff right in that book, and he ties it right back to MI6 and Mossad in that book and who was involved with 9-11. So there are a lot of books you could read out there that will give you a lot of background information on this, so you can come up to speed if you're new listening to the show or if you haven't been exposed to those resources. But what we have here is a satanic New World Order conspiracy of people who believe that we are being and continue to believe that we are being and who continue to worship the entities from the Old Testament from the ancient Canaanite religions. And they really believe that they're going to basically bring their Antichrist out on the steps in Jerusalem of the temple and declare him God after they pierce him with the spear of destiny in the Holy of Holies and spill his blood on the altar. This is the group that runs the planet. You think, well, that sounds nuts to me, Ted. Okay, it sounds nuts to me, too. All right, I I agree with you on all that. But that's what they believe, and they're willing to die for this because there's the ancient Canaanite religion worshipers of Baal and Moloch and Asherah. And the fallen angels, is what they are, and you know, and this different entities that require human sacrifice for sustenance. And this group is still running around doing all this. Watch Brad Metzler decoded the Spear of Destiny. I want you to watch. Everybody, why I have posted that so many times on our news feed. You guys can look it up. Brad Metzler decoded the Spear of Destiny, and watch. If you don't watch any of it, watch the last ten minutes of that movie or that that video. And what they're doing is they're looking for the Spear of Destiny, which is what supposedly was pushed into Jesus's side to make sure he was dead on the cross and then it was held together and it was kept in an austrian basically uh you know museum hitler took it and, and, the, and the and the and the legend goes that if an army has the spear of destiny marching with it that it cannot be defeated and hitler stole it from you know from the austria took it and then what happened is the guy in the video his boss stole it from hitler yeah, but I'm not going to tell you anymore. you got to hear this guy talk, and he won't even meet with Brad Messler unless he's in a church under a cross. I'm not kidding. And he talks about what these guys are doing and who they are and who this New World Order group is. What I need to do one day is just play that last little five minutes on our show. I'll do that. I'll, I'll find the video. i can play that for you. And I'll, I'll have Todd post it for me. But, guys, it's so important that you understand that this has been going on for thousands upon thousands of years, you know, Remember what it says in the the book of Revelation. They claim to be Jews, but they are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. That's why the Jewish people many times have nothing to do with any of this stuff at all. They're just pawns in the game with the rest of us. They're being used as a scapegoat for these continual assaults on human liberty and on the human species as a whole, made in the image of God by these fallen angels. This is why I went into such detail when I did the show Angel Wars, and it's available now you can go back to it. In fact, I may have Steve send it out. There's a full PDF today, so you guys will have it in your inbox as a full three-hour, full three-hour, four-hour, whatever it is, show. And uh, make a note of that also. I want to have that sent out today for Angel Wars. But, guys, it's so important that we understand who and what we are in Christ because if we're not serving him, then we're serving the other side by – how should you say – but by by because we're not serving the Most High God, uh, George Bush is what he said. He did say that pretty much. He said, "If if you're not." You know, you know if, if you're not with us, you're with the terrorists. Well, if you're not with Christ, you are with the Luciferian group by default. I know that sounds odd, and that's a pretty harsh statement to make, but it's true. We've got to be part of the solution in all these different things all the days of our life. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we're going to run into a situation where we're going to find ourselves cooked in the squats, so to speak. In other words, we're going to get ready to do something, but we already find ourselves cooked and we're done, and there's nothing we can do at this point because we're going to lose the country. We've got to stand with Jesus. We've got to dig into these trenches, and we've got to hold our line right now, and we've got to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Guys, he, listen to me. He died for you. He died on a cross for you, on an unbelievably horrible death to sanctify you, to bring you back to God Almighty. That's what we have to continually put him first in our lives all the days of our lives. Austin, what do you think, buddy? You go ahead and finish up the show today.
0: No, oh, you're 100% right, and that's why it's always good
1: to see when you see groups that come together and individuals come
0: together that are going to support freedom, support truth, support the rule of law. Going back to what I was saying earlier, because I wanted to pull this up while I was talking to you because you brought up you know the prosecutor and stuff like that in Albuquerque. So Sheriff John Allen, he's the sheriff of the county, he said essentially this ban does nothing to curb violence. I told you guys that earlier. He said it's completely unconstitutional. There's no way to enforce this order. It says the, um, the sheriff… John Allen, who oversees the county that includes New Mexico's largest city, Albuquerque, also vowed Monday not to enforce it, joining the county's top prosecutor, the Albuquerque mayor, and the city's police chief. So you got full unison all the way across the board with the police chief, with the sheriff of the county, with the mayor, and the county's top prosecutor. So I don't really know what this drunk tyrant, Governor Michelle Grissom, was thinking Trying to go after this right now and actually thinking this is going to be okay, considering the fact that you got all conservatives on this platform. I don't know if she's going to try to go in and clean house now and try to make an example out of them and say, well, you're not listening to my emergency order. I'm going to try to terminate all of you. I don't know as far as how that goes as far as legally out there. Does she have the precedent to do that? Can she do that? Yes, but. There's also a lot of other moving parts, especially you're talking about the county, the mayor, the sheriff, the city police chief, the prosecuting attorney. This is a whole big old fight that I don't think she really thought she was going to get, and um, we're going to see real quick now how much of a tyrant she really is. If she was going to play this game to see if you know she could beta test it, and see what people go along with, or if this is something that you know the globalist boys, the World Economic Forum, all their little clown you know cronies are pushing her to do because there's no legitimate reason or precedent to do what she did. I think that's the part that I told you guys yesterday that's kind of odd to me. None of this stops crime. None of this stops anything from occurring as far as when it comes to gang violence and drive-by shootings from cartels and gang members. But yet, she's basically making this her line to stand on. She came out earlier and she said that she welcomes a fight after she announced the emergency order to suspend the right to carry firearms in all public places around Albuquerque. And uh, that's exactly what she's going to get. She's going to get a direct confrontation now with this. And so she already saw it yesterday. I've read now that they're already talking about having more rallies today as far as with armed protesters. And uh, now that these guys know that they got the county sheriff on their back, they got the city police chief having their back, they've got top prosecutors they're not going to do anything and the Albuquerque mayor is not going to do anything and they're supporting these guys. She's about – I personally think she's about to make a real fool out of herself right now, especially already had impeachment proceedings put against her and lawsuits filed against her immediately the day that she did this with some of the uh, firearm gun owner coalitions that are across the country. So just something to be aware of, and this is how you have to stand up to tyrants. I've told you guys this before. Bullies don't stop because you comply with them. Tyrants don't stop being tyrants because you comply with them. That concept eludes a lot of people. We saw this blatantly during COVID. The more people complied, the more things got thrusted upon them. The more people listened and went along with tyranny, the worse it got. It didn't get better. At no point in history when a tyrant tries to rule over you with an iron fist and tries to make sure you do the bidding that he demands and you follow what he tells you to do by tyrannical rule, it never gets better They never come back and they say, you know what? This is enough tyranny for today. I'm not going to impose any more tyranny on you. I'm going to go ahead and step back and let you guys be free for a while. Said no drunk tyrant ever, ever in history. And that's, I think, what people really have to start realizing. Albuquerque, New Mexico, these boys said absolutely not. And I mean, there's no precedent to do this whatsoever. And so, again, bullies, the only thing bullies understand Is standing up to them I've told you guys before the analogy if you're in school and you got a bully you taking your lunch money every day and it comes up every day to you and he says give me your lunch money every single day he's gonna keep doing that every time you give him money and what's gonna happen he's not gonna suddenly stop when they say you know what man I don't like to take your money anymore this is this is just enough bullying I'm done being a bully bullies know no limits they know no bounds the only thing that bullies understand is that eventually you start training at the house and eventually you go to school and he asks you for your lunch money and you hit him as hard as you can right in the face you say no We're going to get a fight right now. I'm probably going to get my butt whooped, but my golly, you're going to get your butt whooped too. I'm no longer giving you my money anymore, you bully. That's it. That's the rules of the jungle. That's the laws of the land. That's how it works when you're dealing with people that are trying to oppress you. There's no other way to handle it other than that and standing up and saying no. So again, my friends, keep getting the truth out there on a regular basis. I encourage you to keep speaking up freely on what you believe. Do not idly, quietly go by into the night and pretend that this stuff is just going to go away. I've seen that happen too many times now with Christians, even some patriots, where they pull the ostrich card. You know, They they put their hand in the sand and put their fingers in the ear and go, no, 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 nothing's happening here, nothing to see here, this will all be over soon. That's a quick way to get yourself killed or get yourself basically in a whole heap of trouble, pretending something's not there when it's right there, right in front of you. You can't live like that. We're not called to live like that. It's not even biblical to live like that. If things that are going on that are bad, if things that are going on, you got to address them. you got to acknowledge them. You don't have to live in fear. You don't sit around and read their hands and go, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, it's terrifying. No. Put, put together a strategy, put together a plan, figure out what you're going to do to handle that situation, and execute it, and then go from there. And I encourage you all to continue to do that. Keep your body strong, keep your immune system strong, continue to encourage others to do the same right now. That's why I tell so many people and they call me up or email me and they're like, well, you know, what can I really start on? My energy's low. I just need something basic. And I always tell them, I said, dude, you start on the ultimate multiple and then throw in the B complex if you want. If your adrenals are, you know, out of shape because you've been exhausting them with, you know, copious amounts of coffee, throw in the adrenal support. You know, there's numerous things you can do to make yourself feel better. When you feel better… You're a lot more you're a lot more predisposed to stand up for what you believe. You really are. If you're really tired and you don't feel good and you're lethargic and you're nauseous and you want to go sleep all the time, you really don't want to stand up for much of anything. And I get it. If you're super sick before, well, lay down on the couch and sleep. Don't be like that. Continue to keep your health up, keep your body up, keep your mind up. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us. Healthmasters.com. Be sure to take advantage of the Testo Plus, our maximum healthy testosterone support system that we have on the webpage as product of the week on sale right now for over 10% off. And be sure to vote for what you want to see when tomorrow as well, as product of the week at healthmasters.com. So we thank you for your support, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening. Keep up the fight. Be vocal, stay strong, forward these shows, please forward the articles if you need to as well. Get the truth out there every single day. Have a fantastic evening and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on this show as always.